welcome to AIJCast, a podcast featuring conversations and performances at the intersection of art, inspiration, and justice. I'm your host, Marthame Sanders. On this episode, part one of our collaboration with Kara Fears Johnson and Carlton Johnson. Kara is grant administrator for the Georgia Resiliency Program, and Carlton is the associate director for theology formation and evangelism at the Presbyterian Mission Agency. By the way, we engage in a little bit of what I'll call Presby speak, talking about two initiatives of the Presbyterian Church USA, the Vital Congregations Initiative and the Matthew 25 Initiative. And we've got links with more information about those in the show notes. Kara, Carlton, and I sat down in their home right here in Atlanta. Carlton Johnson, welcome back to AIJCast. And Kara Fears Johnson, welcome to AIJCast. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you indeed. As we begin this conversation, what is inspiring you right now? Wow. With so much that is uninspiring Mm. in our lives. Well, Um, and maybe that's the place to start. What's drawing your attention in the world? Because that may be the thing that... The enormity of the occurrence of division. Mm. To see that in this country, we've worked toward being equal, rights for all, just the fact that people are tearing at each other and yeah. tearing away others' rights and that we have not, as a people, grown to accept one another as just human, given the fact that for every bias present in somebody's life or heart, they have a person in their life and heart that represents the bias that they have against yeah. someone else. And so how you don't see the person you is a stranger to you as the person who is familiar to you Mm. as being and needing the same type of love, care, rights, freedoms. It's just really disheartening. Um, What else is inspiring? The rise of the youth Mm. harming themselves. Mm. Um, The images, you know, one can say that, well, there have always been images, but I love watching stories unfold. So I love television. I love miniseries. I'm not sure what the stats are. Carlton probably has a better idea of that. But just knowing that there are images out there that help to promote, I have to say promote, because there's so many ways that children or youth or even adults are harming themselves that they weren't privy to, Mm. um, but they get to see it. The connectedness of the world means that you can learn stuff both for good and for ill. And you're talking about an insensibility. And that humans seem to be somehow devolving in one respect. And as the world evolves, technology evolves and connectedness evolves. And the fact that we're closer now and more connected now, but yet becoming more disconnected. Yeah. That first thing you talked about, about the divisions and the inability to see your neighbor in the biases that you hold over a group. Right. And I've heard it described as an empathy gap, Mm. this idea that we don't have Mm -hmm. empathy for one another. And then the second thing you talk about that idea of self harm, I'm wondering if that empathy gap extends to self empathy, Mm -hmm. right? The ability Mm -hmm. to empathize with oneself or be in touch with one's own emotional well-being and state and if those things are tied together i don't know or if they're two distinct things that are both just destructive at this point in time that's a good point just kind of 
sitting here, uh, not necessarily for the first time, but for one of the few times, realizing how I've intentionally, very intentionally, put myself in the middle of the two extremes that you talked about. Mm. So, of course, as you know, I work for the Presbyterian Mission Agency. I'm an ordained minister. And so there's this one part of my life that's responsible for addressing the evils and responding to wickedness in high places and Mm. speaking truth to power and all of the stuff that's over here, Mm. bringing the gospel to life. And then on the other extreme is my former job and now sort of PRN part-time job Mm -hmm. is uh, working as a chaplain at Grady, right. where all this stuff over here that I talk about, I get to actually see over yeah. here. Yeah, right? I literally, I'm talking about systemic poverty yeah. over here. Yeah. And over here, the hospital, I see unimaginable poverty. Because right. a hospital that you're at is one that it draws folk from a wide variety of mm-hmm. folk of economic backgrounds, but particularly from poor folk in Atlanta. Folk. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's the county hospital. I get an opportunity for that. And I say intentional, mm. as in I was far, far away from it. And I really and truly had no, and still have no reason to go there, except that it's a particular amount of balance. Mm. For my life. And also there's the music that we both share, my wife and I, that adds another layer of being able to say melodically, here's the problem, mercy Mm. me, what's going on in the world. Right. And being able to uh, have lyrics that at least soothe us and yeah, give us the hope that someone else hears it mm. and is also soothed. Because at the end of the day, I don't know that what we're saying or doing has a lot of impact. Prior to, was it the 2016 election? We thought that an educated voting public was the answer. Right. Educated, yes, formally, but definitely educated about the process. Right. And so it's like, no, that's not the answer. Hmm. Someone was talking about earlier today, the gun buyback programs versus gun violence. Well, they only do those programs in impoverished communities. Right. 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 So it's like, that's not the answer because those aren't the people that are going in shooting. That's not the mass shootings. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's all the the problems and the solutions. Again, if we go, I think you called it an empathy gap. Empathy gap. Yeah. Yeah, There's some disconnect between where the problems and the solutions are. Mm. I think of my own life, again, this hospital in the PMA. Right. And the only thing that really gives me a few seconds to sleep at night is knowing that there's some music in between. It. Mm. Wow. Inspiration. Yeah. Young people becoming more involved in what matters. Yeah. We see them becoming engaged in activism, not just civil rights activism, but just social activism. Right. 
politics. We see them becoming impacted in such a way that they say, hey, this is my future right. you're messing with. Right. The fact that we used to say the future is in the hands of our youth, but we were kept in the dark about so much sure. yeah. uh, growing up. But then that was due to the fact that we didn't have the sources of media and we didn't have all of those resources. We had the newspaper, but then we could count more often than not that the stories being reported had more truth and validity to them. Right. And so young people are saying now they're able to look at history and look at what's happening today in real time and say, y'all doing the same thing that was being done back then. This is happening now or from a futuristic point of view. I always say movies, not all movies just happen. They're not just somebody writing. There's insight. There's forethought. There's divine messaging in Mm. so many things that allow us to see into the future. For instance, this IT guy that just resigned because he said that the development of AI, he's like, we're going in the wrong direction. We've seen how many movies about that. Yeah, that was the thing I saw. I was like, oh, is this where we're all in the movie right now? Mm -hmm. It's where the guy who started it is backing away from it. Right. And so now everybody should hit the brakes. Yeah. I was supposed to be talking about what was inspiring. It's like, well, if he's saying let's hit the brakes. Yeah. 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 But inspiring is that people are looking at what they're doing Mm. and what's being done and starting to call it out. Because we've seen as a species what happens when we don't sound the alarm. Right, right. So that's inspiring that in so many different aspects and genres of life, the alarms are being sounded and people are hearing and listening and becoming more curious. I think there's this both and aspect to the information that's out there. On the one hand, you talk about growing up with the three news channels, right? It was was TV news and it was half an hour and it was Walter Cronkite and two other people whose names I can't remember. And the benefit of that was that things were checked and fact checked and so on and so forth. The downside of that was your gatekeepers were very few. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. you really had to push to get past the gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. Now with the 24-hour news cycle and the World Wide Web and all that, there's a sense of it's just chaos. And at the same time, the folk who couldn't get past the gatekeepers now can find an audience, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So to me, there's the give and take. My concern is that those folks are still getting drowned out Mm -hmm. by just the sheer volume of everything. Mm -hmm. And yet Black Lives Matter is a movement of the internet era. Mm -hmm. It could not have been a movement of the 1960s civil Mm -hmm. rights era. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's leaderless. I mean, there's so many aspects to it that it's a grassroots movement. Mm -hmm. Pure grassroots movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the noteworthy pieces of the civil rights movement. Yeah is something that we're missing in the core of the current movements. Mm. And it is what we've come to know as radical hospitality. Mm. Um, When we look back on the movements of King going down to Birmingham and blah, 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 the invitation wasn't these massive movements nor organized churches or blah, blah. It was some women saying, come down, have dinner. We need to talk. And these spreads 
of food and people sitting at table having genuine conversation as opposed to midnight 2 a.m. tweets, which again, you know, the great news is now we can get information around as fast as, you know, the blink of an eye so much so that, you know, it's hard to keep up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the movement sometimes splay and you have to go and reherd the cats in order for it to get what I was looking up a little while ago to make sure I didn't misquote King, mm. which, you know, people are given to do because <laughs> no, yeah, everybody. our scientific power has outrun our spiritual power. We yeah. have guided missiles and misguided men, mm. right? Of course, that was 1960 or so, yeah. but I'm thinking now we have an unimaginable amount of access to information, right? And it's, being shared in little bites out of context. Yeah, yeah. And so it's serving to misguide people because you take a little piece of something and, Mm -hmm. you know, here Mm -hmm. we are, theology, right? Bad theology is taking just a little one Bible scripture out of context and messing people up. Um, I think of what hate looks like, right? That hate for people of this color versus that color versus this gender versus that gender versus homophobia. And and it's usually some group or individual has decided to undergird this hate for the person with scripture or something from some sacred text. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually even the most shallow person can rip it apart. But what I really hate is the degree of cowardice Mm. that it takes to go and do that. Like, if I don't like your shoes, which I really do, by the way. They're great shoes. Yeah, those are nice. Um, (laughs) But if I don't like your shoes, I don't need a Bible scripture to explain why I don't like your shoes. I can just say I don't like it. And more importantly, actually, I could keep that to myself. Right, right. Exactly. Why do I need to tell you I don't like your shoes, right? I I just won't go buy a pair. Right. Kara Fears Johnson and Carlton Johnson on AIJCast. We'll be back with more of our conversation in just a moment. But first, a quick word. As always, I encourage you to check out the AIJCast website, AIJCast.com, which is literally the best place in the galaxy to find information about our artists, including their news, information, and products. We've got links there to Kara and Carlton's work, as well as all of our episodes over the last seven years, believe it or not, including our five collaborative projects to date. And of course, you can find all this and much, much, much more. Just go to our website, AIJCast.com. And now... Back to more of our conversation with Kara Fears Johnson and Carlton Johnson. It's amazing to hear that King quote mm. because it reminds me of something from the head of Google X, which is a branch of Google, mm. which they're acting like it's brand new information. <laughs> and it was our technology is outpacing our ability to adapt to it, mm-hmm. which is what he said mm-hmm. 60 plus years exactly, ago. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So nothing new under the sun. There's mm-hmm. wisdom in the ancients, you know, mm-hmm. all that. And then the other thing you talk about, the hospitality piece, because part of that civil rights history was the role of churches as the places of gathering for the movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that happening really much at all at this point in time. I see it happening in pockets. Mm-hmm. Very small pockets. Yeah. Um, and so I think... I think we're going back and forth between inspirational and 
what's uninspiring. Yeah. Hope, um, hopeful and hopeless in some right. ways, right? Um, yeah, despair. You know, in my lifetime, church became more of a business, a popularity contest, and then pastors and mega churches became a model to be sought, which mm. meant if it was becoming mega, you need more attention. The pastor needs more attention. The people need more attention. The people need church to feel like this is a place where they can, if they did not recognized in their personal lives, they can be recognized at church. And so mm. everybody, mm. it became this space of competition, this space of do what I say because I represent the Lord versus do what the Lord said. I represent this word. Right. You know, I'm presenting the word. Everything we do should represent the word, the life that as Christians, Jesus lived. But it got pushed aside. Mm. It got pushed aside. How many runs can the singers do in a single song? You know, a single word in a single word, you know. Um, what's the latest fashion trend? Right. You know, back in the day when I first started writing music, I started writing what is now our praise and worship as we know it. Yeah. And it has evolved. Yeah. And I was told that's boring. Nobody's going to listen to it. Wow. And now it's, if you're not on the praise and worship team, mm -hmm. if you're not doing praise and worship and a handkerchief and, uh, you know, clicky <laughs> fingernails and a quick step or just being in front of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me, that's uninspiring because the message is supposed to come through us mm. and not be about us. Wow. An instrument is always an instrument. Yeah. The only time it shines is when you polish it or clean it off. It's only going to respond to what you put in it. Right. It will never in and of itself seek attention. And that's what we are. We are instruments. And mm. yet we're trying to outshine the message. Mm. You said earlier that it's happening in small pockets. Mm -hmm. Can you think of one of those pockets? In this community, it, there are at least three churches in this community that I know of. We have the neighborhood meetings. We have community meetings when any type of changes to mm. the city, the development. There's a church here right on the corner. The community can come to that church. Yeah. There's another church over on Cascade mm -hmm. where they will have politicians come. They will have people explain mm -hmm. who's running and how it impacts your life and what how, their stance is mm -hmm. and how that impacts and explaining what law the laws that are being passed really mean yeah. you know it's one thing to be told that we're going to vote on splost one two three four and not know what splost one two three four does right you know we see that it gives something but we don't know that right. it takes something away as well right. right or that it gives this little bit but then over here something else that may cause an adverse impact yeah. so those are pockets yeah do we see it all down the street do we see it all on the highways everywhere no just pockets but is that relative to the community is it relative to how much money is at that church versus how much isn't? We go back and forth. One of my most revered now ancestors was the Reverend Dr. Love Henry Welchel, church historian, yeah. the ITC. And one of the most memorable quotes that he 
shared with me and said often was once upon a time, the church was the headlights of the community. Now we're the taillights. <laughs> um, because there was a point, even in my lifetime, where on the one end, everybody not only could come to church, but did. Now, I want to make sure that I don't romanticize right. this so-called right. era where everybody was going to church. Right, right, church. right, right, right. I'm saying that the doors were open. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there was some foolishness mm -hmm. judging people for this, that, and mm -hmm. the third. But just as the mayor and the governor could have their wedding at the church, so could the pimp and prostitute. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody could have access to the church. Now, that judgment piece, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as you were speaking of, being this fashion place and this place to be seen, has changed the way of the church. A book that I was introduced to by Dr. Teresa Frybrow. Mm -hmm. And the book is called iPod YouTube We Play. What the writer therein helped me to see was that the big change in church happened at the introduction of the television camera. Mm. When churches started, quote unquote, being on television. Now, you know, fast forward, the sure. COVID pandemic, yeah. we needed it. Yeah. Rewind. When we first introduced television cameras at church, it went from we're all in this place together, singing and praising together, to I'm going to focus on you mm. with this camera. So I'm now going to focus on this soloist. Right. 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 And so then this person who normally didn't care too much about these appearances yeah. now had to be camera ready. Also, it took away the idea that we were singing together. And I'm just talking about sure. my church. I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about yeah. the black church, the yeah. one I that shaped me and continues to shape me. We went from him singing which were, for the most part, lined, no hymn book reading hymns where we were all singing together to needing a choir to sing to us. Mm. And then because of the television or broadcast, we wanted to take the best members out of the choir and make this thing we now call a praise team. Mm. And then we took the best praise team member and called him the praise leader. Mm. And now that person has the same notoriety, if we can use that word, as a pastor. And fame. And yeah. fame, right? So much so that the goal and purpose of these campuses that we are talking about that are supposed to be these headlights in the community right. shining lights on this spiritual wickedness in high places are now just taillights of people going there for its entertainment mm -hmm. value. And that's when, not the totality of oh, it. Oh, no, 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 not, not, you know, not every church. But no. it just, it kind of overshadows. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. There was a moment in time, I think, where people felt more comfortable coming to church as you are. Mm -hmm. And then it became, in my life and time, well, I can't go to church. I don't have anything yeah, to wear. Right, right. To now back to come as you are, and it's any way you please. <laughs> There's an imbalance, so mm -hmm. to speak, there. 
unless we can get just everybody in. Right. A right. period. Right. Just everybody in, no matter how shiny, you know, how talented. But the parlay between am I good enough to come to church? Right. Am right. I good enough to be in this church? I don't sing like the lead praise team member or the lead soloist or right. the, you know, if I don't dance like the person that has uh, the is a praise dancer. If I'm small enough, am right, I big right. enough? Body type, all body, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, everything. So I think um, we blur the message. Again, mm-hmm. we are instruments through which the message is supposed to come, yeah. but we're doing more of the shining. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. There, that goes back to your earlier question. I would like to say, and I believe, that denominationally, the Presbyterian Church USA is headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. If we continue down the path, Kara was saying, I don't know if you remember this, some months and years ago, like the message that you all have about addressing the systemic poverty mm-hmm. and structural racism and, and so on and so that that's the thing that younger people want to hear. That's what they want. But you're trying to do this, you know, just with internet radio and everybody's not and you need to be on tv and voila like we just got the message we're going to television like right like people need to see what we're doing right and we need to do more of it because still this idea speaking of this matthew 25 vision congregational vitality this is what we've been talking about most of this afternoon is when i was growing up my little church and kara's too Produced some amazing singers. Last mm-hmm. week I was with Bishop Yvette Flounder, mm-hmm. who sang with Love Center, and two of their choir members came out of wow. my little tiny little church over in Southwest Atlanta. But what made that church vital ultimately wasn't its entertainment value. What made us vital in that community was that people knew that they could come there with their needs, yeah, not just. Sunday morning. And in fact, one of the things that the current pastor who's now been there well over 40 years, Reverend Dr. Curtis Lester, helped to change about the understanding of that church was that it wasn't this place that where people came out from among them. Right. It was this place where we went in to dwell with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, that yeah. became so important to what I understand or understood church to be couple of things that are bubbling up for me. One is this notion of we're saying the right things, are we doing the right things? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to your kind of bifurcated life of being the denomination where we're talking about all the right stuff mm-hmm. and then being in the hospital where all that stuff is made flesh, mm-hmm. right? It's the mm-hmm. incarnation. It's mm-hmm. it's the word mm-hmm. made flesh. Mm-hmm. It's those mm-hmm. two together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So Presbyterian, we love to talk in the Presbyterian denomination. And then the other part of it is the cat is out of the bag. The technology's here. The ship has sailed. The genie's out of the bottle. Whatever metaphor you want to use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there ways that we can use those instruments for the sake of what we're talking about, right? Are there ways that we can... We, we were brainstorming this morning around the breakfast table. Are there ways that a church could use Zoom as a way to reach out to the world, but not as an audience, but as a congregation. Mm-hmm. So using a camera or a corner, the, the sanctuary, just if you're, if you're just talking the worship service, going over and interacting with those folk so that they're part of the gathered community, even mm-hmm. though they're 
in another state, in another country, in another whatever. So, yeah. So I think those are the questions instead of talking about it is how do we reach this audience? The audience is there. How do we make them part of the congregation? How do we recognize that? I don't know. And, and how do we make them a part of the vital church as opposed to just a part of the worship? Yes. 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 Because there are people that we are now. So I'll go back to uh, what you were referring to earlier, Kara, where we created this church where people didn't feel welcome to come because of body type or, or what they did or didn't have to wear, but they enjoyed worship. So now yeah. they tune in on Sundays or whatever they right. do tune in to church. And now they're prepared to be a part of what the church can or will do. Now you've got to have a message that they can contribute to so that they're actively involved in what you're doing and what you're doing has to be more than Sunday morning. Yeah. Cause yeah, nobody yeah. wants to yeah. pay salaries. <laughs> Well, Karen Carlton, we could continue this conversation for hours, I'm sure. We will pick up this conversation and figure out what we're going to make together. Absolutely. Okay. Kara Fears Johnson and Carlton Johnson on AIJCast. You can connect with them online, Kara at gapostcouncilresiliencytraining.org and Carlton at presbyterianmission.org. On our next episode, part two of our collaboration with Kara and Carlton. AIJCast is made possible through the support of listeners like you. We can only do this work because of your support. So please do take just a moment. Go to our website, AIJCast.com, and click on that gallant little link that says support. You can make a one-time or recurring donation there, or you can become a sustaining member of AIJCast over on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash AIJCast. And if you're socially inclined in the world of media, we are there on several platforms where our handle is AIJCast. We'd love to interact with you there. Our theme music comes courtesy of our house band, Mard Fame. And we are engineered, mixed, and produced by the somewhat careful Al Mudif, who in this season continues to resist returning to work in the AIJ cast offices. I really and truly had no, and still have, no reason to go there. And I'm your host, Martham Sanders, encouraging you to create some beauty of your own. And remember that the world isn't truly beautiful until it's beautiful for all. Until next time, I hope you'll paint your own canvas with justice and Peace.